Welcome to Thriller Convo with Car Gonzalez. Broadcasting around the entire world. From Austin, Texas. Via Simplecast. And supported by listeners like you. Thriller Convo is where we cover the latest and greatest people in the blockchain space. We use the Thriller Podcast platform to move the world forward. Always. Now, here is your host, Car Gonzalez. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another interesting, awesome Thriller Convo. That's right. This is where we talk about all the latest and greatest builders in the space. And today we have on James from Cypherium. How's it going, James? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, Car? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're uh, we're recording this live uh, Saturday morning, so I'm usually I usually sleep in. How about you, James? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been an early morning, but you know it's nice out. It's not snowing here in New York for the first time. Cool, cool. And uh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be talking about uh, his latest project, Cypherium. So, James, can you tell the audience who you are and your background and everything like that? Sure. So I um I am. Uh, head on, of strategic development at Cypherium. And so I uh, work with uh, a community of developers led by Sky Guo, who uh, designed our um, product, Cypherium. Um, and Cypherium is a, is a third generation blockchain smart contract platform that brings two you know, major innovations to the space that um, I think we might talk about. Uh, the first is a hybrid consensus protocol, um, and so that uh, that is a, a dual chain protocol that uses um, both proof of work and practical Byzantine fault tolerance. Um, and the second uh, is a, a Java virtual machine, so a virtual machine that is written uh, and runs Java contracts. And when did you guys um, get started? Was it here last year or the year before? Or- this year, um, I, well, Sky, uh, I think, came up with the idea in 2015. the The white paper was released in 2016, um, and uh, and yeah, and so since then, I mean, it's all just been a matter of building. Um, and so, you know, we have a team of of developers that are usually, uh, you know, engineering focused with uh, backgrounds at uh, Microsoft and Google and Amazon places like that. Uh, and uh, as opposed to the more academically um, oriented projects uh, that I think pervade the space, we have uh, some academic advisors. But um, yeah, uh, it's it's mostly a team of practical uh, engineers. Um, and and so since Sky's uh, first sort of blueprint, we've just been flushing that out. And uh, yeah, we had a private sale in um, the end of 2017. Uh, and uh, we've just deployed a full um, testnet for our public chain, and we have a, a an enterprise chain as well that's permissioned for uh, private and consortium use. So yeah, that's that's sort of the, the the state of our project. So I know I noticed that you guys are using uh, practical Byzantine fault tolerance. Um, there's a couple other projects that are kind of doing something similar. I know Hyperledger Fabric is probably the the biggest one. It's it's open source. Um, when it comes to enterprise right now, are you guys finding it tough to um, 
to kind of get implementation for that or to get people on board to, to use that? Or do you or do you feel like it, it's, it's having to compete with Hyperledger, Fabric and all that stuff? Or are you guys doing something completely different that you don't see that as anything that could get in the way in the future? Yeah, well, so um, unlike Hyperledger, ours is a uh, is a our main net, our uh, public blockchain is a hybrid that that utilizes both practical Byzantine fault tolerance and proof of work that allows it to be open and permissionless. Um, we do have an enterprise chain that's just PBFT, like Hyperledger, um, but we find that that is you know best for you know private data sets. Um, well, I mean, practical Byzantine, Byzantine fault tolerance is a is a wonderful protocol for private and uh, and consortium blockchains. Uh, we we sort of took inspiration from the Bitcoin NG and Bizcoin white papers, uh, and. That uh, has been really successful for our uh, enterprise chain. We've been re- able to reach you know the speeds that we need and be as secure as we need to be. Um, but uh, yeah, so our public chain is is a bit different and that's a bit new. When you guys are reaching out to these enterprise companies, um, what are you finding that uh, their needs are? Are they similar to what you guys are providing, or is it more so um, too far off in the future for them? Like, what what are their reactions? Well, that's that's a good question. Um, it's I think it's a mixed bag of you know people. Uh, there's a lot of consulting going on in, across you know tons of industries, telling a lot of these major companies that blockchain is where they need to be, and like there's so many different um, uh, ad- advantages to the new technology, but uh, there's still like not a lot of awareness of how in particular these industries need to use technology to their advantage and how, you know, it'll be indispensable once mass adoption comes. And so, you know, for us, we found that including in our enterprise package, uh, a consulting service that, you know, a- a- approaches the businesses and helps them sort of like understand how Cypherium enterprise might benefit um, or, you know, lastingly improve their, their business uh, that that has been a really useful um, and uh, an important part of our uh, enterprise strategy. And so, do you guys start with like um, going in there and kind of educating them, uh, as opposed to going in there and saying, "How can we help?" Or is it more like trying to figure out exactly what why they why they need this or what they need to do? Well, it's somewhere in between. I think that a lot of these companies do have like you know they're they're filled with smart people who know technology and know you know what this technology is but i think there's still a learning curve where you know there's still a conversation that needs to be had where these two companies really need to learn how to or the you know a tech for a for a new technology to be included into a company's stack that really needs to understand how that technology might uh benefit and embrace the the company's strategy and effectiveness and that's sort of where the consulting comes in this is all sort of different though from the you know, there's companies that certainly would benefit from a public blockchain um, and tons of dApps that are going to be built on our public blockchain or, or you know, new uh, new protocols. And that that's sort of a different business model because, you know, those those companies are sort of are, are using an open source network uh, as opposed to, you know, trying to trying to approach a private um, enterprise client. I guess my next question, this is kind of, I guess you guys answered it on y'all's Medium page. Um, so I see that some people used to work for IOHK, which is 
the same uh, big company that brought us Cardano? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was our um, auditor. Um, that we, we hired a, a similar company or the same company to audit our protocol just to make sure it's secure. But we don't um, have cross developers. And then I also see that you guys have uh, Jeremy Gardner. So he's pretty he's pretty big in this space. Uh, How did you guys uh, hook up with Jeremy and, and get him on board as an advisor? Well, I think that he um, sort of, I mean, I, I think a lot because of our uh, development and our roadmap, you know, a lot of the the news about us and the interest has come off just the strength of the design strategy, which, you know, a lot of people talk about, <clears throat> you know, my perfect coin is a combination of this and this, you know. And so that is sort of what we, uh, I think, presented to a lot of people in this space that we brought, you know, the the uh, um, decentralization of proof of work, the permissionlessness and um, and appeal of proof of work to the speeds and security of practical Byzantine fault tolerance. And so that's, I think, how we got connected to Jeremy, is that he was just interested in the, the protocol itself. Yeah, I've seen him at South by rip apart <laughs> blockchain <laughs> projects. So I'm pretty sure you guys were answering a lot of questions when that happened. So uh, I also noticed that uh, what is Ziliqua or Ziliqua kind of is doing something similar. How are you guys dif- uh, different from what they're doing? Uh, well, their their protocol is just different from ours. Um, but yeah, I think I mean Zilica is uh, an interesting project. But I think that we you know are are ultimately more decentralized and more um, and, and faster. Um, but you know they, they're they're trying to serve a, a similar client base, and they you know they have the same sort of positioning in the space as we do as you know coming after you know, a, a second generation, you know, we're a sort of third generation that's, that's addressing problems that could only have been foreseen a year or two ago, you know? Right now, I, I guess kind of, I guess the whole overall space is kind of in this kind of bear market. How are you guys surviving? How are you thriving during this time when everybody's building and stuff? Yeah. Um, well, we try to just be good sort of conservative custodians of our treasury. Um, you know, that's sort of the best we could hope for. Uh, and, and sort of like bearing down on the essentials instead of building like a huge, um, you know, team with a lot of airdrops or marketing ploys, we're really trying to focus on uh, delivering the technology as, you know, uh, a lot of, a big uh, marketing strategy, you know, if you can call it tokenomics, maybe, um, for projects in the past has been to raise the money in the team off of the white paper and then deploy the uh, technology and then, you know, sort of use the tech, use the marketing and the team to sort of recover from any kind of shortcomings the technology has. And so we're trying to trying to sort of reverse that um, not only because it's the right thing to do, but also because it's a bear market that, uh, and, and it's, much more cost effective to, to deliver a technology first. Um, and, and we've found that to be a pretty successful strategy, especially as it relates. So, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Especially as it relates to your question, as it relates to, you know, holding on to the money in our bear market. Cause I think like 90% of projects have, have squandered their, you know, whatever they raise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty gone pretty bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, so, Cypherium Virtual Machine, 
Tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, it's a Java virtual machine, which is new to the space. Um, so Java is, you know, they, the Java folks claim that it's the most, um, most used uh, programming language in the world, and it's certainly um, up there. Uh, it has, you know, 3 billion devices um, currently using it from credit cards to, you know, airplanes to government system computers. Um, and and so we, we found that because it has such an extensive developer base that we thought it would be a good um, step towards ingratiating uh, a legacy computer computing and developer culture into this sort of new blockchain decentralized era. So that, you know, if, if you know Java and you're a programmer, but you don't want to learn Solidity or you're a little skeptical of smart contracting, you can write your contracts in Java um, and and have them deployed by Cypherium. That being said, I mean, are all all uh, contracts in Solidity and Ethereum's specialized language are fully compatible with our virtual machine. Um, and there's some other features, like it's it's based on uh, the Delvic architecture that used to run uh, in Android phones, in Google's Android phones, and um, yeah, it's it's just a really lightweight and flexible virtual machine. Um, and we're really excited for people to get to use it. And what are some developers saying about it? Um, what is, what's kind of feedback you're all getting? I, we're getting good feedback. I mean, we're getting feedback that it's secure and that it's you know functional as the Java virtual machine um, for smart contracts. Uh, it has yeah, it's it's not stack based um, like the Ethereum virtual machine. It's register based, which you know is uh, allows us to. Uh, process data a lot more quickly. Um, it has fixed point representation, which allows it to be carried in really small um, uh, devices like credit card chips. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's an exciting time uh, for that uh, technology. I think that it's you know a lot of people are using uh, a lot of uh, products are trying to extend out from Solidity by, you know, appealing to Python or C++, but those are still uh, pretty specialized. Okay. So, Cypherium, what's up with the name? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, so, that, along with the, the design of the protocol, is uh, an idea of Skies. Um, and I think that he he's really... Uh, he was thinking about the... the sort of obviously the cypherpunk beginnings of uh, this space um, and trying to nod to that and um, and was also uh, interested in, you know, EM as a, not only as like a nod to Ethereum and, and uh, you know, trying to denote our compatibility with Ethereum or like our sort of cooperation with other chains, but also uh, using it as like a, as a, a play on like a, Periodic table elements, the element of yeah, the periodic elements. Okay. Um, yeah. So he, you know, trying to see, trying to see these computing resources as a new, as a new sort of natural resource was, was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun, I mean, it's a fun name. Yeah. Yeah. When I first, when I first heard of it, uh, I was like immediately thought of like, uh, what's that guy's name in the matrix? Uh, <laughs> Neo. <laughs> no, well, not Neo, but the, I guess the in part one where he oh, like, no, not Morpheus. No, but it just sounded like somebody that would be on on board. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like Cypherium. 
um, so I guess I guess right now, for the most part, I mean, we're, you know, I, I, I try to promote, you know, there shouldn't be, you know, this, um, you know, this kind of back and forth between different projects, like, you know, competing with each other or anything like that. But, um, you know, being as there's, you know, Ethereum, of course, and then there's other big blockchain projects that, have, that I won't mention. Cypherium, how do y'all feel about entering this whole landscape where, well, I guess you guys have been in it for a year already now, but how do you feel about being another blockchain project in this whole ecosystem? Are y'all comfortable enough knowing that 10 years from now there will exist, you know, maybe a handful of them and you feel like you'll be one of them or how do you see that kind of shaking out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that that is uh, true to our envision that there will be, you know, a handful of them or like a, you know, a small network of them that will uh, operate publicly. Um, but I think that it's the nature of the space for, you know, for things to build um, together. And I think that we, you know, Cyphereum couldn't have existed without Bitcoin, without Bitcoin NG and without uh, Ethereum. And I think that that's a, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. You know, I, I don't think that there needs to be a kind of like zero sum uh, competitiveness uh, or like war of ideas between, between the, uh, between the projects. And I think that that's also witnessed in our protocol itself, where we're really trying to get towards a, a, a cooperative mining system you know, that, that, uh, you know, it's witnessed in our protocol that non-cooperative mining is one of the main things that, uh, that, uh, leads to, I mean, non-cooperative mining can lead to malicious attacks, like 51% attack. That's a, that's a sort of root problem. And so I think that just cooperation on, on that level and on the, the macro level between projects would really benefit the space. Yeah. And I, I love that you guys are, are willing to, you know, work within that Ethereum kind of, you know, I don't want to say ecosystem, but you guys are willing to, you know, at least extend out a hand, right? Um, do, you, do you think more projects will likely do that in the future? Or do you, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's sort of in the spirit of the space to build on what works, um, you know, not to try to erase. And I mean, there's a lot of obviously bickering and working and fighting, but um, yeah, I think the things that will win out are the things that work. And so, you know, the stronger, like, or the, the more consensus there is around, you know, where we're strong, the stronger we all are, you know. I totally believe that too. I think there needs to be some cooperation of some sort for any of this to take off. I mean, there, there, competition's good and, and it's, it's great. It brings out the best in people sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, there should definitely be some kind of, you know, extension of uh, at least a, a hand. Are, do you guys uh, do you guys talk to other developers and other blockchain projects? Um, do they kind of they kind of have the same mindset as far as you can tell when you go to conferences or anything like that? Sure. I mean, um, Emin, our uh, another one of our advisors, uh, like Jeremy, is working on projects of his own, and um, and I think that just there's uh, there's always going to be a um, a kind of collaborative effort um, going on in in these in such a nascent and like cutting edge space that like we you know we are on the same team ultimately do you think uh do you think there ever will be a uh two projects kind of merging together do you 
Do you think that'll happen? And if so, like, who would be y'all's <laughs> favorite merch place to merch? Oh, I don't know that that would ever happen. I think it would be pretty difficult for just governance reasons, but you know, anything, anything could happen, I guess. But yeah, I mean, we have, we have, there's a lot of projects that we love out there. Cool. Okay. So, uh, tell us where you guys see yourself for the rest of uh, 2019 and where into the future, where are you guys headed? What do you guys have planned? Sure. Yeah. Um, we, uh, are releasing the rest of our white paper shortly with, um, mining specs and uh yeah i mean right now the testnet is out there's a testnet tutorial on our website um and yeah so we encourage people to play with that and soon enough you know uh the main net will be the public main net will be live um you know and coins will be distributed and mineable and we're really excited for that that's our that's our next step awesome awesome well thank you so much i appreciate it james for coming on the show and telling us all about cypherium and uh yeah. Do you have any final uh, questions uh, for me or for any, for the audience to let them know anything? No. Thanks for doing your work. Uh, I love the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there and you're somewhat curious into what Cypherium is and why it sounds like a Matrix character and <laughs> and no, it, they're, it's really cool. Like I was checking out the site. It's really clean. It's really uh, readable and uh there's uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff, and I like it because it's very informative. Like that was one thing that I liked about going to a website that .io at the end. It's just like be informative, please, and it definitely is. So I appreciate that, and thanks again, James, for coming on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with Par Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research. Listen to other dudes that start their name with crypto, and not Carr. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi at a time.